This is Metal Recall, episode 25. My name is Niall Hope, and as always, I'm joined by Aaron Cascala. How's nice. it going, bud? Nice, 25. Yeah, 25, but it has been a bit of a while since we've done one of these. Yeah, how long? Well, since the end of last year, it's our first one this Jesus year. Jesus Christ, this is the first one? Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> not an intentional break that we've taken there, just life gets right, in the well, way still sometimes. To that, brother. Yeah, cheers. <laughs> in the meantime, though, well, we've... Um, We've certainly been active in uh, seeing some good shows. Um, yeah, yeah, might as well sort of speak to let, that. Let the listeners know that um, we had a, a couple of crazy days seeing Cannibal Corpse and Whitechapel one night, and then Metallica in Las Vegas the following night, which uh, was a pretty pretty productive weekend for yeah, us. Yeah, <laughs> some classics there. As well as seeing um, Spirit Box the other night, which was a highlight too. Mm-hmm. Right, um, so in the interest of time, let's get this one underway. So we're here uh, to discuss the 2017 album uh, by Power Trip, Nightmare Logic. Um, and I just wanted to say that before we, we sort of dive into it, the reason why I wanted to bring this one to the table is not only... I mean, it's it's not a spoiler alert to to let anybody know that I really like this album. Otherwise, I wouldn't be suggesting it. But actually, I wanted to slightly make amends for my um, my choices for the top ten, top five that we did for the last decade. Okay. Because I slept on this band for whatever reason. <laughs> like, you know that I'm a big thrash guy, and I'm not just an old school thrash, Metallica, Testament, Megadeth kind of dude. I do like contemporary thrash as well. Bands like Municipal Waste, Avile, Gamma Bomb, Toxic Holocaust. For whatever reason, I just had never, never discovered Power Trip. And I was on the hunt for new albums. So I think I, I searched best thrash albums of the last decade. Or something. Okay, that's how you found it. Yeah, and this one came really high to the, the top. And I'd always heard the name and I thought, all right, I'll give it a listen. And then I listened to the album and yeah, no spoiler alert, but it absolutely floored me. And I thought if I'd been aware of this band this album when we did those top 10 of the top five of the last decade this probably would have been my number one pick so yeah i wanted to bring that one to the table also and hell we might have been able to see him live back in the might day. have been yeah and you know it's obviously you know it's it's really quite tragic i got into the band just prior to the lead singer riley gale uh dying of an accidental overdose so Bit of a tribute as well. Yeah. Um, rest no. in peace. Yeah, um, respect. And uh, yeah, just a good reason to to do the album. But I wanted to know um, about your uh, association with Power Trip. Were you familiar with the band, the album, prior to us? No, it's 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 another um, another one that was under the radar. Like you, I had maybe it came through my uh, Spotify algorithm. <clears throat> I'm sure it probably did, and it just slides right in there with with all the other great thrash, contemporary thrash that's that's been coming out. So maybe it just kind of um, went under my radar in that regard. But then I guess at the same time, we were just talking about this. The the fact alone that there's so many, so many albums under the genre of metal that are coming out, and mm-hmm. not to mention all the subgenres. So. Um, and we'll we'll get to what 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 happened in 2017 regarding uh, the history of metal, but I mean it's you can't keep up with all of it. I mean no. And, and considering the new year here, and and looking back and reflecting on on our favorites, um, you go to someone like Banger TV or anyone on the inter- internet, um, even they missed some obvious ones. Like they don't even mention some time, of the stuff yeah. that were in our top fives. So so who's to say who's right, who's wrong? It's just. It's uh, it's just a product of um, uh, the floodgates opening, which you know isn't a bad thing in my opinion. Not at all. It's like you said. It's really hard to keep on top of everything, and um, that's what's so good about metal. Like it, it just takes um, a ha- bit of happenstance to come across a band or a you know a suggestion from a friend, and then all of a sudden you've got yeah. You know, um, interestingly, when we were going to see Cannibal Corpse, I'm looking through the, the lineup and one of the bands on there, Revocation, I'd never really listened to before at all. And I just listened to one of their albums ahead of us going to that show. 
and since then I've pretty much binged their entire catalogue and I fucking nice. love them now. So That's you know it's great, yeah. All that was just they're on this bill and yeah. and I needed to know what they were like before we went to see them and unfortunately <laughs> We spent a little bit too much time at the bar and only caught the last song, but um, we'll certainly keep Shocker. our eyes open the next time they come around. Yeah, and I don't, I don't want to get off on a side tangent, but I, I, I almost feel like the genre of metal, despite having obno- an obnoxious amount of subgenres, might be one of the only genres of music that is still evolving, mm-hmm. pushing the envelope while still having bands remaining tried and true to yeah. to whatever genres or subgenres they were part of you know past or present like we said can we just saw Cannibal Corpse and Metallica but then we're also seeing Spirit Box and and whoever's touring with those bands and yeah. and and love it or hate it you're getting variety versus yeah. you know I don't want to bring up you know three completely different types of shows um, and but under the same umbrella. Yeah. So you've got like a fucking buffet, is what I'm saying. Oh, with, <laughs> without a doubt, and you know, um, and not to go too far down this road, but you know that show the other night with Spirit Box and Bad Omens and um, Under Oath. You know, there's there's so much crossover and experimentation yeah. in in that show that at times it felt like. One second you watching the weekend, and then the next, <laughs> yeah, well, the next said. second it's it's yeah. all kicking off. So you know it's it certainly keeps it interesting. Yeah. Anyway, so we're here to discuss Power Trip. Give you uh, anyone who's not familiar just a brief sort of summary of the band. They were formed in Dallas, Texas, in two thousand and eight. Uh, described as mostly predominantly crossover thrash. So that would be sort of the intersection of thrash metal and hardcore punk, along the lines of another one of my favorite bands, Suicidal Tendencies. I think it's kind of one of the, the punky elements are, are one of the things that really appealed to me the most when it comes to this kind of genre. The band consists or consisted of um, Blake Ibanez on lead guitar, Riley Gale, rest in peace, lead vocals, Nick Stewart, rhythm guitar, Chris Wetzel on bass and Chris Ulsh on drums. They only had two studio albums to date. Um, whether they continue is something that uh, I'm sure a lot of people are interested to know. But they've also had a compilation album um, that included a number of early tracks and a, a live album. They're described on their Wikipedia page as one of the most successful thrash bands of the 2010s, which I think was a, a bit of a decade when thrash metal had a little bit of a a renaissance, uh, so to speak. And um, their live version of the song Executioner's Tax, which is off Nightmare Logic, received a nomination for a Grammy Award for Best Metal Performance. In terms of... um, We we discussed this uh, before, and uh, it has to be brought up, unfortunately, but um, Riley Gale, unfortunately, passed away on August 24th, 2020, a couple of years ago now. He was only 34, um, and it was reported that the official cause of death was an accidental overdose of fentanyl, which is especially tragic if it wasn't an intended uh, choice. About to go on tour, Lamb of God. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Lamb of God and Creator. Creator, sorry, yeah. Yeah, yeah that yeah, would have yeah. been a hell of a show. Um, They'd already toured with, with Testament, I think, but yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I thought what was what was interesting. Um, they had an interview around this time last year, actually, where the members, surviving members of the band, stated that they they continue they want to continue to play music together. They just don't know what it looks like at this time, and um, obviously, it'd be hard to uh, to move on losing a close friend and someone who I think was such a distinctive and powerful element of this band, but. I hope that they continue to play music together, whether it's as Power Trip or as another band, because they're certainly very talented people. Yeah, I agree. Um, one word on just influences, obviously thrash metal, hardcore punk that they, they talked about, but some of um, the lead guitarist Blake Ibanez's favorite bands, according to Wikipedia, are Killing Joke, Stone Roses, Susie and the Banshees, and The Wipers. I'm not really familiar with that last one, but... 
I, I can't hear much of those bands in this apart yeah, from the big I'm killing agree. joke. I, I'm not, that's not lining up with me. But <laughs> what, what, what but is, hey. yeah, I mean, you know, if you like that in, in the spare time and it doesn't necessarily make its way into the music, all good. Um, now, something that we will obviously get into the, the nitty gritty of the album, but I, I read a quote by Riley Gale about his approach to the lyrics said that he worked hard to do concise lyrics, which I, I think is quite apt when you yeah. when you go through the lyrics on this album. And he, his quote was, each word relates to the sentence and how the sentence relates to the verse, making sure everything's connected and there's not a syllable wasted. I tried to write something that's catchy that people can sing along to mindlessly. And uh, I write about the frustrations with what I see, people's motivations. So I think that that comes across. And it's just interesting to know a little bit about where you know, how they sort of go about their business, so to speak. Yeah, it's very straightforward, sing-songy, on, on the on the beat. Yeah, and you know, like, you kind of know what you, yeah. you're going to get from an album like this. He's not but... trying to cram a lot in and f to fill the space, so... And I, I think that, to be honest, I, you know, that approach to um, the lyric writing, that sort of economical, yeah. nothing goes to waste, you could attribute to everything on this album, I mean it's clocking in at only 32 minutes yeah. and most songs so I think there's one maybe two that go past five minutes but there's nothing there's no meat on the bones here it's just yeah. it's just very very concise a mm -hmm. um, little bit on the the album so uh, Nightmare Logic released February 24th 2017 obviously the um, second album uh, to date by Power Trip recorded in uh Philadelphia Creep Records, the Echo Lab, um, and the label was Southern Lord. Uh, interestingly, um, the producer was a fella by the name of Arthur Risk, um, who I don't really know much about him. I don't know if you've ever heard of him, but uh, by all accounts, uh, a bit of a, a genius, and I think his production on this album is fantastic. His last but, name is Risk? R-I-Z-K. Oh, okay, I got it. Kind of risk. Yeah, I like that. I like, I like that. that. <laughs> Not sure if that's his real name, but that's cool nonetheless. Um, one of the things that I, th I found quite interesting, uh, Joel Grind, who is the um, mastermind behind Toxic Holocaust. I don't know if you can remember this, but oh, we yeah. actually saw them yeah, support Municipal Waste. Yeah. He was on the production crew here working on the mastering. So nice little, uh, nice. little Easter egg there. Um, we, we talked about this before um, we, we jumped on here today, but rather unusual for us doing an album on here that we would we would sort of discuss an album that seems to just have wide, widespread critical acclaim. But uh, it's, it's I, fine. It had to be done. I couldn't I couldn't find a a, um, a review that was any less than like a three point five. You know, Listen, it's it's ironic because we we slept on it. <laughs> yeah. <I'm not. laughs> So. I know. I'm I'm happy that we we get a chance to discuss it, but um, it's never too late. Just some of the accolades. I just wanted to read out. I mean, I I saw reviews on Blabbermouth, eight out of ten. Metal Injection, nine out of ten. Um, the Loudwire called it its its number one uh, album, the twenty five best metal albums of twenty seventeen. They're number one. Yeah, on they, Loudwire. Yeah, they also Respect. said. Um, that they did, I guess this was in 2017 as well, they did a top 50 thrash metal albums of all time. Okay. And it came in at 43rd, which that might appear to be quite low down the list, but no, you know, thrash has been going a long time, and obviously you got to, you're going to have some serious heavyweight albums in there to even make the list, I yeah. think, is an achievement. And uh, I've got another point on that later on, which I will save. Um, but uh, Revolver... Uh, called it its second best album of 2017. Okay. Uh, Vice Media ranked it fourth in the 100 best albums of the 2010s. So this has really, um, really sort of captured people's attention and uh, Rolling Stone even named Nightmare Logic the 11th best metal album of the year. Wow. There might have only been 11 in that list. We were but... not doing this podcast in 2017, were we? No, no, no. no, no, no. I mean, I'd only been in America for like a year, I think. Yeah. We've been doing this for like, what, three? Yeah. Three yeah. years, something like that. I'm just questioning how we slept on it, but it's okay. 
We're well, here today. I mean, I'm questioning how yeah. I slept on it, yeah, like, yeah, considering yeah. this is like my absolute cup of tea. Yeah. Um, I think that's all I had on, yeah, like I said, we weren't going to go through all of the reviews because it will just likely be quite repetitive and, and just full of praise. So we'll save that for our, our own opinions. Well, I got to give one. Okay. Let me give one. Give one. Then. I mean, and, and again, it was it was it was pretty pretty quick to figure out what you what you said. It's unanimous, but just uh, just an individual voice on 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 an Amazon review. James Justin M. James uh, said in 2017, "Imagine if you took a set of unreleased Slayer songs, circa Rain and Blood, and had a band made up of." Dave Mustaine, Dimebag Daryl, Tom Araya, and Lars Ulrich to record them. That would give you an idea of the greatness of this album. Overall, the song structure and intensity just reeks of Slayer, and that's a good thing. The musicianship is way up there on the execution, but it never feels like a Slayer ripoff or tribute album. There's so many great touches here. So you basically have like a, like a you know, super group. Well, if you're going to say that now, then I'm just going to say this. and I mean, like it nails it. Yeah, I mean, interestingly enough, you're picking the the best of the best of those thrash bands. Yeah. I don't know how to gone Lars on drums. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I'd have ever had, maybe had James on rhythm, but, yeah. you know, love Lars, so yeah. no problems there. And I guess it's just, that that's just me being a little bit facetious. But, um, again, it, it's not a spoiler alert that I love this album, but what I will say is, you know, Rolling Stone, no, Loudwire, putting it in the, the top 50 thrash metal albums of all time. I think if this had been released in Thrash's heyday, let's say in the in the 80s, mid to mid to late 80s, I think it would be a I think it would be thought of as one of the best of all time. Yeah. I think it's I, I sometimes think that modern day thrash can often be looked at as a bit nostalgic, novelty. Yeah, is not Iron Reagan another one? Yeah. Iron Reagan, yeah. uh, the, the band we saw... Um, Municipal Waste. Municipal Waste, yeah. I mean, those those bands, I think, are a they little... They even got a little Dave Mustaine in their voice, right? <laughs> well, it's it's all a bit like party thrash. It's yeah. it's it's tongue-in-cheek. It's yeah. quite over the top. Whereas, actually, Power Trip kind of leans a little bit more... Straightforward, legit. more serious. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Now there's obviously tracks like Executioner's Tax, which are like yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like they're like fun, yeah. fun thrash tracks. Not not to be, <laughs> well, I say this not to discount not to, it. Not to be taken necessarily 100 percent seriously. Yeah. Right. Um, background on Power Trip done. Uh, background on Nightmare Logic done. It came out in 2017, so why don't you take us back in time just a short while and kind of set the scene for what was going on in heavy metal at yeah. the time. Um, well, I haven't done this before, but I just wanted to kind of... We could talk about the, the, the scene in metal, but also with... I think this was one of those years uh, Trump was president, you know... Despite what people think about Trump, one of the things I thought about, uh, as much as he's uh, loved or hated, I knew this guy was going to have an effect on all art, like music or otherwise. And in a weird, twisted, paradoxical sense, I think a lot of good music has <laughs> is tied with it, has come out ever since that. Whether, especially for metal, because it's just so dark and grim it's a yeah. reflection of society but without a doubt you know this this asshole was tweeting we had you know women's march women's movement harvey weinstein you know it's just it's it's only got, gotten darker since 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 covid but um um this album's the, a bit of a reflection on that as well i think some of the themes 100 percent. and so and then they even uh he admits it in some interviews but um with that out of the way, the bands formed that year were um, first one on Wikipedia, Bad Wolves. Shout out to Doc Coyle. Uh, met him back when he worked at, at Duff's in Brooklyn, the metal bar. Good times. Uh, Bad Wolves was formed. Um, 
another mentions here, bands disbanded. Uh, Black Sabbath did their last show. The Dillinger Escape Plan disbanded. Um, Trap Them. Yeah, Massive I, had, I had that written down. fan myself of Trap Them. Um, we'll always cherish those albums. Uh, bands reformed As I Lay Dying, uh, Chimera. Um, those are the albums that stuck out to me. Mm-hmm. Um, again, <clears throat> Dark Times that year was the year that um, Chris Cornell, vocalist, guitar- guitarist of Soundgarden, died from suicide by hanging himself at, at the the wee age of 52 very yeah. sad same thing Chester Bennington yeah did a double hit there he died from suicide by hanging himself at the age of 41 rough rough yeah that's younger like... than this this old man talking to you right now <laughs> fucking hell um yeah definitely sad news that year yeah and um Chuck Mosley who was the original I vocalist I did mention that sorry yep. Faith No More he, shout out um, to died. Faith No More Nerds, um, original vocalist. Albums released. I've got um, Black Anvil. I'm a fan of some of their stuff. Sepultura released an album. Um, Code Orange. Yeah. Uh, creator out of Germany. Yeah, that was uh, Gods of Violence. Are you familiar with that one? Uh, yes. And another band I'm, I know has been around, but I've, I've been late to, late to that party. But they're they're fantastic. Mm-hmm. Speaking of thrash, yeah, uh, Iron Reagan, more thrash. Overkill put out an album. Uh, Lorna Shore. That's what that's one for Mitch and yeah. Simon. Hundred percent. Flesh coffin. Six feet under. Um, suicide silence. Um, let's see here going through all of this it's a it's a hell of a list we were saying this before oh. like the you you go back if the if you're looking to any year within the last 10 years yeah the list of releases is yeah, a lot of reasons to be angry and write some metal music obituary um north lane yeah that album mesmer yeah um you're a fan yeah i, th- I think that's obviously the album that we're discussing is my favorite of this year, but I think my second favorite would have been that album by North Lane. It's, it's tremendous. Paul Bearer, um, I love this next one, Body Count, Ice T. That was a hands down immediate response to to, to the Trump uh, election. Yeah. Um, Ice T is gonna step up to the plate when there's something to be said. Uh, Demon Hunter, Mastodon, The Moth Gatherer. Um. Jesus Christ. Deez Nuts. Yeah, Deez Nuts. Deez Nuts, Benjamin Purgatory. I saw that. Who's... Send us a a note if we need to listen to some Deez Nuts. I think we have to. (laughs) I've never listened to them, but, you know, just for the name alone, you got to... He is legend. Life of Agony. Yep. Uh, Two two good albums there. Um, Few by He is Legend and uh, A Place Where There's No More Pain. Life of Agony sort of thought of as almost the spiritual... Um, successor to their debut River Runs Red really dark um, Dragon Force Linkin Park's last album One More Light Ailstorm mm. uh, if you're into the pirate metal Danzig <laughs> still going strong 2017 uh, 18 Visions Suffocation Iced Earth I think they played with Metallica Incorruptible. Uh, maybe oh. I, I, the lead, wasn't the guitarist from Iced Earth that he was uh, implicated in the, the. Um, Never mind. No, he, <laughs> it was he was he stormed the Capitol, didn't he? Last year. Holy shit, dude! Yeah. Great memory. Dying fetus. Um, municipal waste. Slam and punishment. The Acacia Strain. Origin. They've been around so long. Uh, the Melvins. Uh, shout out to Christian. Yep. Um, Nine Inch Nails did an EP. Had violence. Um, prong, wow, prong. Yeah, a good, good one this this month as well. Uh, Make them suffer, worlds apart. Don't know if you've ever listened to that, but that's a that's a good album. Nice. Queens of the Stone Age. The villains. That actually that out. 
Metal on a Rock, it's a great album. Um, Rosetta, Septic Flesh, Cannabis Corpse, Arch Enemy, <laughs> Living Color, holy shit. Cannabis Corpse is a fantastic name too. Yeah. Um, Arch Spire, Relentless oh, Mutation. Yeah, you're a big fan of those yeah, guys, aren't you? Yeah, Tech Death, yeah, Arch Spire. That album was amazing. Cradle of Filth, still going strong. Um, another Mastodon EP. Mm-hmm. Um, they were busy this year. Yeah. Unsane. The Black Dahlia Murder. Uh, Nightbringers, great album. Um, the Darkness, shout out to Dave, I mean, uh, to Dan Gladden. <laughs> <laughs> Is he a Darkness fan? I think they, um, What's that there in grew this up list? in his town. Ah, right, yeah. And he went to high school with them. Um, Marilyn Manson, uh, Enslaved, uh, can't deny that album, uh, big fan myself, Slipknot, uh, Live in Mexico album, it's just Trivium. Yeah, the sin and the sentence. Yeah, people were getting busy. Uh, Winds of Plague, Acid Witch, Annihilator, not Infant Annihilator, uh, <laughs> Cannibal Corpse, like Moth to Flame. Moonspell, oh, some prog rock there. Uh, Evanes- Evanescence, okay. Um, yeah, let's take it back to Newcastle. Venom. Yeah. 100 Miles to Hell EP. <laughs> Wonderful. Tribulation, you into them? Um, Lady Death EP. I got into them recently. Nice. No, I'll have to check them out. So yeah, busy year. Busy year indeed. Right, well that's the scene set out of the way. We can start to get into the um, the main event. Before we do so, let's do what we normally do and discuss the album artwork. Yeah. Um, now, I don't know if when you were uh, doing your notes, doing your research, whether you f- found the the artist. I so can, I can find, I can see, if you look, if you zoom in, in the lower left corner, Paolo, P-A-O-L-O. Yep. So, Paolo Girardi, I was doing a bit of research on him this morning. He's an Italian artist slash wrestler, or at least he was a wrestler. Very cool. And for anybody who's not familiar, um, his style is not only incredible, he's... Uh, he describes himself as, as a painter and on his Instagram, no digital artwork, no digital artwork. It's all oil paint and canvas. His style is incredibly impressive and dark as fuck. Wow. Okay. Yeah. You see, you see this one? Yeah. This one's like pure Hellraiser. Um, not a, an audio feature, but anybody listen to this, Paolo Girardi, check him out. There's, there's a few that I have to call out. Um, That's the stuff that nightmares are made out of. You should check out his cover art for Damn. French black metal band In League With Satan, their 2011 album Black Mass Into the Church of Rats. Just have a little, just have a little look at that. And um, yeah. I'm not going to describe it because nope. it'll give you nightmares, nope. but it's yep. fucked up. And there's also a, I mean, you check out this guy, <laughs> he's obviously incredibly talented and he's actually got a pretty dark backstory. Um, uh, it, it seems like he's, his, uh, his father wasn't exactly the best. Mm. Um, the guy looks super intense. I definitely wouldn't mess with him. Yeah, I wouldn't make fun of him for wearing the fanny pack. Uh, yeah, and this, this image, he's got this illustration of him in a door frame wearing speedos holding a beer and inside the room that he's looking into is a bunch of naked women who are seemingly tied to some sort of altar it's it's a bit wild yeah um but anyway always always great when we get a chance to go down a bit of a rabbit hole and um explore a different artist but we are here to discuss his work 
for the cover of Nightmare Logic. So I was just going to kick it over to you first, mate, for your impressions on this one. Yeah, this is, um, I would call this, uh, what do we call this, an, an advertise, a discovery. There's just too many discovery elements. Um, yeah. Because, because, yeah, this is hand-painted, and there's multiple layers. There's maybe infinite layers. I think I could stare at this for for a long period of time because plenty of faces, plenty of skulls, fallen monuments, yeah. uh, skyscrapers. It's definitely uh, post-apocalyptic, yep. and it's not a very uh, happy scene, but uh, it's, it's full of... It's just so textural. I don't know. I don't know where to begin. Um, so yeah, it's. I mean, it's. It's not one that we'll um, try and describe. But you hit the nail on the head with post-apocalyptic and also just so many things. You could look at this all day and keep picking out different ones. Like I'm even looking at this now, and I uh, when I was looking at it before, I could see the face right in the center. Right. It's focusing on the two eyes coming out there. I'm now looking at it again. I'm seeing like a skull on, like a large skull on the left hand side of that, which I hadn't spotted before. So well, look to the right. There's like an angel, or maybe that's a Christ-like figure with something around the, the the head. Oh yeah. Look to the right of the letter R. Oh yeah. Is that a female, or is that Jesus? <sighs> Who knows? I mean, there's definitely some. It's like evil on the left, heaven on the right. I don't know. There's definitely some anti-religious sentiment in this album. You know, uh, armies, lots of battle. I think the thing that's most interesting about this piece is that, and I don't know the uh, the artist's um, process, but it has like a... I could only describe it as kind of a, as if it's drenched in some sort of acid rain or something do you know what it like feels yeah, like it's yeah yes it's, dreary it's, it's, it's dripping it's it seems like things are melting whether yes. that's just intentional yeah. or not but it, it it's it's super super bleak um like you said fallen monuments looks like sort of skulls on spikes and yeah i mean kind of everything that you'd want to sum up an album of this style like i think thrash metal front covers can be incredible and hilarious in equal yeah. measure um this one is just really dark and like just kind of fun to look at yeah a la sepultura and that whole era of, of, of thrash metal covers but yeah it's definitely up there and and i guess when it comes to our ratings out of five or ten ten <laughs> i tell you this every time yeah <laughs> I would I would almost give this a perfect ten, uh-huh. but I gotta I gotta knock it down to an eight point five. The they lose a point entirely by completely missing the fucking chance by using Helvetica for the for the album title. On the yeah I think no the thing about that is that I would agree with you, but I I think it's like to me it's a little bit I, I don't know it might not be intentional. It kind of reminds me of the way that Ride the Lightning was set on. Like, it might be a bit of a throwback, but I... I, I we don't s- want it to compete with the painting. I get that. But I'm, you could try. You could at least try. And I, I'm by going up, Helvetica, that says, I didn't even try. Yeah, I'm picking up on what you're putting down there because I kind of feel like... I love the Power Trip logo as well. I'm sporting the T-shirt right now, so you can see that. But Yeah, the logo's class. It's, it's all a bit kind of slapped on top. Yeah. Um... I mean, I'm go. I I I went uh, an eight on my rating, okay. and um, to be honest, I wouldn't want to go any less than that. Having seen the artist that that produced it, um, yeah, the paintings. He looked like he'd fuck you up. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> really good work, mate. I I yeah. think it's fantastic. Right, shall we take a little break to get another drink yep. and then get into our reviews? Yes, sir. All right, let's get into it, mate. Um, I'm gonna kick it over to you first because you know sure. my you know my feelings on this. So, what did you think? Do you like it? Yeah, of course I like <laughs> it. Um, that's really the that's really the 
not only is it the consensus, unanimous consensus uh, to, to everyone else in the, the, the metal community, metalheads, fans and critics alike, um, I guess I guess all I can say is something's wrong with you if you don't like this album. Yeah. Um, I, I don't even know if you... I know that's a, a pretty bold statement to say, but even if you say... Even, even if you're a purist and you just call it a downright copycat album, um, it's it's one of those situations where you can say, you know, imitation is a, is suicide, but it's not. This is this is this is the sincerest form of flattery. This is they've. I go back to that that Amazon quote. It's 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 like the perfect blend of all your favorite things about thrash metal. Yeah. Put into an album. It's the perfect length. It is. And sorry, Simon. And yeah, and as far as my personal opinion uh, regarding it in its entirety, that's just really the only way I can address it. Is from start to finish as a 32, 35 minute album, it's just perfect. There's mm-hmm. no, there's no weak songs. It's it's consistent without being too sane. Um, there's moments where you're hearing early Sepultura. There's moments where you're hearing Metallica. There's moments where you're hearing Slayer and or Testament. So again, this the, the Amazon review absolutely nailed it. And so I don't want to try to improve on that because it's that's really the best way to put it is yep. they've 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 mimicked a sound but made it their own and they've nailed it and it's just it's just perfect and it's the, again the perfect length so you can put the song start to finish and I think it was intentional because the way the songs blend together there's not yeah. really a pause between tracks it and feels, they kind of flow se- seamlessly it feels at times like a the, like a live set like it, yeah. it's like you could imagine them playing this album in its entirety start to finish Blending the songs, like you said. Yeah, they've got classic creepy intros. They've got slow build-ups. They switch to the hardcore punk thing and, and, and play really fast. There's great breakdowns. I think every song has a guitar solo, mm-hmm. but they're just wailing like dime bag on it. So it's just it's just fucking killer. But they're um, not like I think I, I I had a note that um, the lead playing. It doesn't feel gratuitous to me. Uh, I don't think there's anything on this album that feels like it outstays its welcome. Yeah, and then um, it also just grooves. Yeah, uh, you know, it, just thinking about Pantera. I know it's 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 different, but like they've got there's some groove in there, and Thrash does groove, and, and yeah, but they'll they'll you know it'll it'll be a slow intro. It'll get into a good groove and a good riff, and then boom, they'll just like do some speed metal like it'll be like you know you know more punky and fast yeah i want to go back to something you mentioned about specifically that amazon review and about imitation or you know influence yeah mitch says this all the time it's and it's true it's really hard to be truly unique in music um it's like we said before, what makes metal interesting because there's always crossover, there's always evolution. Now this band and this sound definitely feels of, you know, it it definitely harkens back to thrash, but unlike some more modern day thrash bands, I still feel like it feels modern. Like it doesn't, to me, it doesn't feel like a straight rip. No. Like, it, it, I think they, to your point, they make it their own. And, and one of the, the main reasons I think that they make it their own is because of the lead singer. Like, I, I, I feel like his performance... Well, maybe that's just my, my personal preference. Yeah. I, I think his performance is one of the things that makes this album so, so good. Yeah, it's definitely a factor for me. The way I would explain it, after after, I mean, I like listening to music in different different um, spaces. You know, whether it's coming off the lap, the shitty laptop speakers, or shitty car stereo, or you know, Apple headphones versus like some noise canceling. But once 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 you really immerse yourself into this album, 
the best way I can describe it was, oh wow, this sounds like classic thrash. This sounds like a little sepultura. This sounds like testament. You have those moments, and then almost immediately, for me, within the first like, you know, thirty seconds, you know, first few bars of the of the song, you have the aha moment, and we talk about that. Like it's that's. If you didn't have that, it would be like just like oh, it's they're copying some thrash, and you have that moment. You're like oh, okay, this this did sound. You could tell they were inspired by those the, those aforementioned bands, but then they did a little something different and tweaked it, and mm-hmm. that's where it becomes their own. That's where it becomes contemporary, whatever, and um, it's just good. Yeah, it's. I mean, to me, every it, song. Every song, yeah. There's, there's, there's no, Executioner, there's no filler. Executioner's Tax was the only one that had, and this is, I'm, this is not insulting. Maybe the cheese element. Oh, of the fun, the fun, like, which is again part of that scene, you know. Exactly, and that's why, like, this, this album, I think, is. But it was intentional. It's all intentional. Yeah. It, it's my it's my version of it's, it's actually a, like the content is is dark what he's singing about and this might sound kind of strange but it's my version of happy music in a way like, <laughs> you know like there's it, the metal hat I love you know yeah. we, we have this conversation all the time like if if you were having a you know, you have a discussion with someone who doesn't like metal, and yeah, they say, I know like, going with this. Yeah, "Why yeah, would you yeah, want to yeah, listen yeah. to it?" Because it's all like it's angry music. There's definitely huge amounts of like anger in this, but it's it's a really fun album. Yeah, it's and fun. It's, it's something that I would throw on in the background if you're having a party with metalheads. Yeah. And Executioner's Tax is that yeah. type of track that you could just imagine just having a good time, like with your pals listening to that. Like it would be. Dude, this, this is your album. Listen. This is yeah. your album. This is this is Newcastle. This is like <laughs> harkens back to to just rocking out. This is yeah. an album you would have blasting in the background when you're partying. So yeah, I, th- I think it's, it's funny it's, that you said that because like I was thinking about this and um, I I wrote this actually down. Like if somebody who didn't really know me that well said, what type of music do you, do you like to listen to? I'll give them this album. I say, this album yep. pretty much sums up what, like, yes. my favorite. <laughs> you know, yes. uh, you can tell how much I love this one, but yeah. like, I just, I think... Um, Easiest podcast ever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like the, the production is part of it, though, for me, because, you know, we, we've, as we've been doing this uh, podcast, we've we sort of run the gamut in terms of the type of production from our um the uh what was the band Scissorfite that was Pur- yeah which was, was it is it purposeful or do they really not know what the fuck they're doing right yeah yeah and and, and scissor fight by the way i don't know tell the, the listeners yeah i mean they they, they, they pretty much just responded to us and said that that they were just having a good time and it and, sounds that way because we didn't know what we were doing yeah <laughs> Well, they, uh, Which was, I personally liked it. Uh, me too. I love that kind of production. Trap Them, you'd mentioned them before, unfortunately disbanded the same year as this album. That production is like, that's probably like, for me and you, what we like to hear. It sounds live, it sounds raw. Raw. This is maybe a little, this is tighter and, and it's it's more slick, but it still doesn't get into... I didn't seem, I mean, just, I really... Yeah, I, that's usually something we do talk about. I can't think of anything I didn't like about the production. No, exactly. Because I think that it, I mentioned before, it sounds like a live set. Um, now, it doesn't sound super, super live, but there's it's a great performance. Everything in the headphones sounds great and clear. And there's like a, there's an atmosphere to it and an ambience. It's not, it's not clinical to me. And it, yeah, it's definitely not. It's definitely not clinical. The play, think, the playing's clinical. It's a right. super type type performance. But the fact that you're saying that just just doubles down on why the album's so good. Because I think you're absolutely right. If if there was anything that did sound out of place production wise, it would have taken away from the album yeah. immediately. And like so, it, like you said, it 
there's like it's it's the perfect you mentioned this before as well it's the perfect thrash metal crossover thrash buffet like it's got all yeah. of those all of those quintessential compositions and sounds but then the production fits with everything it all yeah. fits together like a puzzle it's a perfect puzzle and it's a slightly see this is this is where um you know i think there's there's a lot of contemporary thrash bands that just want to reproduce exactly how something sounded in the 80s yeah and i think this takes advantage of more modern production without going into that like machine-like yep quality yep refreshing yep but you know just like the just like the song structures like i described or the the composition it's like this sounds like something i've heard before but then you have a moment on every song where they took it and just made it their own yeah for sure i say this every time that we review an album that I'm always drawn to the guitar work and the riffs and this album has, I think you mentioned it before, there's no filler. I agree. I think every track at least has one hook, at least one that mm -hmm. makes you bang your head is, is memorable. I actually think, and this is what makes it so tragic in a way, the thing that really sets this band apart from any of the other modern thrash bands I think is the performance of the lead singer for me um, on this album now I'll give you a bit of a, a bit of rationale for that yeah. I think when it comes to I didn't, I didn't hate them but I wasn't blown away by right. the vocals I, well so when it comes to thrash I often think that you can kind of go one or, one or two ways you can end up in a kind of James Hetfield-esque imitation uh, which can be like a, a bit more growly or you could go the opposite direction which is maybe more of a Bruce Dickinson high-pitched like that that's a very traditional thrash style as well and I, I've never been a fan of that or let's go in between this could be controversial as well I feel like Slayer might try to cram in a little more lyric lyrical content than they need to per bar yeah it's like they can Slayer classic Slayer can be kind of sing songy, like <clears throat> like Power Trip, but they can also they're playing so goddamn fast. You cannot be sing songy when you're playing that fast. Yeah, you might have to break up the lyrics and not try to cram. You can't cram as many words in to keep up with that many beats at that speed. You know the the the. I assume kind does of, that make sense? Absolutely, and it's and it's completely contra. It's the other side of what that quote that I read. I mean, sometimes from, I like that, but it's my personal opinion. I've always been a, a big Slayer fan. Like everybody loves a bit of Slayer. The the least favorite things for me have always been the guitar solos because they're just like gratuitous, like widdly widdly, like just going mental. And that, what you were just describing, that just bark-like yeah. vocal performance. But Tom Araya doesn't write any of the lyrics. That's like, right. It, yeah. it comes from, it came from Kerry King or Jeff Hanneman, rest in peace. And maybe I've often wondered whether there's a bit of a disconnect if you're not... Singing it yourself, yeah. yeah. They're going, they're, they're applying it to the, to, to the notes they're writing. And, and like you say, they try to cram in as much like dark awful shit as they can whereas Riley the Gale's I'm talking about the cadence yeah yeah. The, yeah I mean I just like the sound of Riley Gale's voice it brings in that sort of punky style which I think lends itself to being a bit more aggressive yeah. off the cuff and yeah I, I don't like super operatic right. Bruce Dickinson I like Anthrax but Joey Belladonna's, yeah. you know, it's it's all like yeah. high pitched. And they're not bringing in the Dave Mustaine cheesy fan. Like, I mean, that's like, that's Dave. He he's owns got that. his own thing. Yeah, yeah. that's he's, his thing. Yeah, don't. <laughs> he's got his own thing. Um, and I think Riley Gale, to me, like, I mean, me personally, I think he has his own thing. But I just like his delivery yeah, yeah. in this. Yeah, well said. It's definitely more punky. Um, and I, I just love his range of gestures as well. There's like. There's there's grunts, there's there's 
wows there's you know all sorts of like intonations that he does that just add that additional flair to it sure. so he um he makes this album like next level for me everything so look i need to go back because i mean again I, I i i didn't there wasn't anything i didn't like about his vocals there wasn't anything i didn't like about the production i go back to the the fact that it's just a a perfect puzzle. Yeah. All all elements fell into place. So uh, maybe it's worth going back. Uh, or I'm gonna play this album more, of course. But um, I'll keep an ear out for that. One one thing that we definitely both will agree on, and that is, there's never been a song where gang vocals didn't make it that bit better. And yeah. they, these guys do that, yeah. and I think that's where that crossover, hardcore punk. Style comes Everybody in. Everybody loves that. Swing of the axe on executioner's yes, tax, on. man. That's just and and um. And we've talked about this before. It, I mean, who, calling it out as a, as a Brit, you guys got the chanting down. Whether it's at a football match or even some of the the the, the metal coming out of the UK, there's always some chants. It, you know what it does. vocals. It just you, gives it a, a a strength. When you listen to it, I think that you can think about. If you were in the crowd and you're chanting Swing 100%. of the Axe, you'd be absolutely loving it. Unity. You're like part of the band. Yeah, for <laughs> you're, sure. You're immediately part of the band, whether you're listening to it on your headphones or you're, you're there in concert. So, we're largely on the same page about this, but before we give final, um, final scores out of 10, what, were, what would be your standout track or are there a couple? Um... I've got, I've got, I've got two, uh, first and second. The rest are all third and equal. But my first one is Firing Squad. Um, nice. I felt like that was Slayer-esque as fuck in every way. I just, but, 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 but their own version of it. They're like, yeah, we like Slayer, but here's how we're gonna do it. And it was just like uh, a total monster uh, from 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 build up to. When it gets fast, and then um, I'm a sucker, man. Executioner's Tax is number two. I don't know how and you the, can't. Yeah, have that <laughs> and then the rest of the album is just mint. Yeah, and perfect. Executioner's Tax. It's it's like you said before. It's the the kind of the moment where you're like, okay, this is kind of cheesy. Might be a, a strong word for it, but it's like it's campy. What you'd expect campy. from thrash, right? Yeah. It. A lot of thrash can be kind of go into these kind of mythical, like fantasy kind of spaces, like or, just singing about like, dark shit, and and this kind of works in that. that or format. even yeah, or even like if we're gonna talk about what we're talking about is how, how serious do you take yourself? And I think I think black metal might be the genre where they might take themselves a little too seriously, but in general, metalheads do not take themselves seriously and they just want to have a good time they're they're you know as long as you're part of the tribe and you like metal i don't think people really give a fuck what kind of genre subgenre you like of metal so if you're into metal it's hard enough to find other metalheads so yeah and it's great and and part of that is you know going back to the how cathartic the catharsis of listening to metal can be but at the same time uh not necessarily taking yourself that seriously, so I, I, I'm rambling, but I think that goes hand in hand with with thrash because whether it was just seeing Metallica or even Cannibal Corpse, as brutal as they are, mm-hmm. you know, they had some pretty dark shit to talk about, but they're kind of like tongue in cheek, campy, like you know, the songs about you know ex girlfriends or whatever, and it's called yeah, yeah, but hey, man, like. <laughs> I mean, by the same logic, you watch a horror film, I'm pretty sure that the majority of people that write, produce, star in horror movies aren't actual serial killers. It's Correct. just like, yeah. it's yeah. just telling stories, right? But I mean, that, that track, Nails I mean, it. it's got like that classic thrashy kind of chunky drive-in riff and the chorus, like the chorus is what makes it, right? It just chant and swing of the axe. For me, I've got, I've got two as well because you've gone executioner's tax i'm going to switch it up a little bit i think potentially like the most complete song on the album for me is actually waiting around to die um i think it's got like 
the intro riff, there's a real nice dynamic where the intro riff, it kind of gets you excited, but then instead of going in, they're kind of building it, but instead of going into that riff in a more standard beat, they drop it off and introduce like this balls to the wall thrash riff. I think the lyric writing on it is really good, where he's like, human being has lost its meaning when you refuse to fight. And on the chorus, he's, he's saying, singing, you're waiting around to die and I can't fucking stand for it. Like, I, I think it's a great track. And then after the second chorus, they bring in the intro riff in more of a breakdown and it finally sort of lands and it just changes the flow. So I think that one's great. The second one that I actually really like is the penultimate track and that is um, If Not Us Then Who. Mm. Probably one of the my favorite riffs on the album, the actual main riff once that kicks in. Chorus is brilliant, again, like um, Executioner's Tax. You know, you've got the gang vocals on. If not us, then who? Um, just solid. One slight, slight, slight negative that I have there. I don't know if like you can recall this in your head as I say it, but after the second chorus, the track kind of drops off. They introduce this riff that teases like, like it's going to go fast, it's going to go big. They subvert that and it goes slower and you think cool and then it just kind of it just kind of repeats hmm. and and kind of meanders until the end of the song and in the con- like a fart <laughs> i mean kind of like it's uh, it's in the context of the album it makes a lot of sense in the context of the song you just i personally just want that to like yeah. just soar Erupt. again and yeah. it, it doesn't um so I those like, i especially those like the last track crucifixation yeah yeah, I mean, again, like another said, another another thrash really element. High. They've got a nice intro at the beginning, and an intro at the end, and yeah. it was tasteful. It wasn't like cheesy or sometimes the atro, you know, those like they can build it with drums or like a mood, like a mood yeah. like tone setting, and it can go on for like a full minute, and it's like they do it just the right amount. I think that's great. I mean, other um, other honorable mentions, I'd say. I think the title track, Nightmare Logic, is, is a really yes. solid track as yes. well. Got a really super simple riff. Um, yeah. It's the main riff, but it's it's one of the best on the album. And and you can tell that they know that as well because it just gets played on repeat like throughout the entire, entire song. And then finally, um, I also think the track Ruination is, yes. is really good. That's just... That's like just over two minutes, and the lyrics on that, we tried, we failed, in our darkest hour, we fucking bailed, like, it's pretty cool. Sounds shit when I say it, but just listen to the album and yeah, you'll the, get it. Um, all I can hear is, at the beginning, it sounds like For Whom the Bells Toll, at the beginning. I'll play it for you after this. All right. <laughs> and I, again, there's only so many notes that could be played, but... I don't know if that was intentional, but it's it's. I'll, I'll play it for you. It's it's. Paying homage. Yeah, homage. Right, we've got. I thought this might have been like a fifteen-minute conversation, but we've got an hour out of it, so let's wrap up here. And um, when it, any closing thoughts and your rating out of ten? Uh, it's it's a um, it's a um, it's a masterpiece, start to finish, and I don't play guitar, but this album obviously is just full of chunky riffs and I can see why you love it it's made me wish I knew how to play the guitar and I can only hope uh, and imagine that this album has inspired people to pick up a guitar because it's Definitely. it's complex but like you said there's some some riffs that are pretty simple oh that, yeah that are just like this is what it this is what this is how you write a riff Execution is tax. Like if if you're learning guitar and you can you you start to pull that off, you could be pretty yeah. happy with yourself. Yeah. If you if you discover this as a, as a as a young teen, like you just you you're ready you're ready to soar. Um. So yeah. With that said, I think it's um. I give it a a, a nine out of ten. Nice. And I only and I only don't give it a, a perfect ten because because of the fact that it is contemporarily based off of a genre that already exists so fair. but I think that's I think it's a fair fair rating I mean because I think it's a great rating other than that it's a uh, it's you know 
everything about it is mint. Yeah, man. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, first time I've done this since we've been, um, doing these podcasts, but I'm going to give it a perfect 10. Yeah. I expected that. <laughs> I've popped my cherry now. The first one I've, yeah. I've given the 10 to. I just can't say anything bad about this album. Like, you mentioned this before. This is exactly, this is exactly my type of music. This album really has everything that I like. And it's, it's like the perfect length. For, it's eight songs, yep. 32 minutes. Again, sorry, Simon, that's just for me. <laughs> Like there's no there's no filler, there's no tracks. Yeah, there's tracks that you like more than others, but there's no tracks that you think you could have done without. It's it's just perfect, like you said. Amazing riffs, great vocal performance, lots of energy, lots of fun. Like, I don't get tired of it. And I no. think that's just you know, if you don't get tired of an album you can put it on every day, then this this canon it's should be on heavy rotation. Oh without all the time. time. And you know they have this i think they've had this in duffs and i've played tracks from it before like it's it's that kind of vibe yeah like you could definitely get on board with that one last thing i wanted to tell you i forgot to say this but um our good friend matt Sear, he said to me i want to want to like develop my, my metal game a little bit more okay uh, can you give me an album and he was he was going to the gym and i was like hey try this power trip yeah actually like this album is a is a yeah. banger for a workout too yeah um inspiring and it and he, he plays guitar he, yeah he plays guitar but he's, he's more of a rock rock and blues guy but like it's a gateway he, drug man he, he sent me a message <laughs> back and he was like i just flew through that workout that was great i love it so nice all right know, it's, it's shout also, out to the overseer yeah it's also an album that could maybe uh be a gateway yeah like i said all right brilliant good stuff nine ten that's got to be one of the highest we've ever rated an album, yeah, so boom. good times. Um, now, normally we would we would kind of look at the effect this has had on set lists. With the band only having released two main albums yeah. and Riley Gale unfortunately passing away a couple of years back, there's not like the, the wealth of knowledge on all of that, you know. But um, I did pick out from Setlist FM their last... As, as far as I can see here, their last performance in February 16th of 2020 at About Studio in Bangkok, Thailand. Wow, that's obscure. <laughs> yeah. Um, 12 songs, they played Firing Squad, your favorite. Yep. They played Nightmare Logic, Crucifixation, Soul Sacrifice, which was the first track of the album, Executioner's Tax, and If Not Us, Then Who. Nice. I mean, they've only got two albums, so you'd expect yeah. that it's going to be fairly, fairly weighted towards. Uh, to play Nightmare both Logic. albums in an hour. Yeah, <laughs> it, very true, actually. Yeah. Um, so songs played total, um, and again, it's only based on two albums, but in the in the top twenty, you've got Soul Sacrifice is actually the second most played track, which mm. is strange. We didn't really mention that. It's a good start to the album, but yeah. it doesn't get kind of to the top for me. Executioner's Tax, I, yeah. I was surprised that wasn't the top, to be honest, but... Yeah, um, Grammy nomination. Yeah, that's the third most played track with 148 times. You've got Crucifixation in with 115, Nightmare Logic at 7 with 113. Then elsewhere in the top 20, If Not Us Then Who, 25. Only 25 plays, but, you know, I, I could see that being a great live set, uh, song. And then Waiting Around to Die and Ruination in 18 and 19, respectively. Nice. And uh, Nightmare Logic is the the album that they've played the most songs from. But again, it's two albums. It's clearly their masterpiece. It was always going to be the case. So following this album... Uh, they released um, Opening Fire, which was a compilation in 2018. It was unreleased songs, songs that they'd never made to albums. And then, like we said, unfortunately, Ryder Gale passes away a couple of years later. I really hope that they continue to make music in some form. They're clearly talented dudes. Yeah, there's too much talent there, for sure. And I'm sure whether it's with Power Trip or as another incarnation, different name, it would be good to see them 
do yeah. something. 100%. Right. Um, we'll wrap it up there. If you're listening and you like what you're hearing, please subscribe to the podcast. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, anywhere you get your pods. Aaron, cheers for joining me. That was See a great brother. one. Yeah, good um, times. Until next time. Yeah.